Amen. Um, I want to thank Pastor for giving me this opportunity to preach tonight. Uh, when Pastor asked me to preach and I was giving him uh, kind of my topic, I told him, I warned him, I've done this one in 10 minutes before, but this time I added scripture. So should be a little bit better. Um, but uh, if you want to turn your Bibles real quickly to uh, Revelation 22, Revelation 22, um, I titled this message, Worth It All, uh, as Blake was refer, uh, referring to when we were singing those songs. And uh, I'll just read a piece of scripture. Uh, I'll pray and I'll get into my message. So Revelation 22, but I'm going to start off with Titus 2.13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for allowing uh, us to just celebrate your resurrection and just rejoice in knowing that you conquered death. I just pray that you would help us in these uh, few minutes, Lord, to just hear what you have for us tonight, and that I pray that it would be an encouragement. I pray that you give me strength, that you give me courage, and that uh, the words that you would want to be said would be said in your precious and holy name. Amen. Now, when Pastor was telling me kind of uh, about this opportunity, he said, uh, make it light. So I wasn't allowed to go dark or, uh, or uh, no preaching on sin, but uh, <laughs> I can't help myself. But uh, um I do want to say this just before I get into the brunt of my message. Uh, life is full of trials. The Bible promises us that if we're going to live godly, that we're going to have to suffer a little bit, that we're going to go through some tribulations. And that's a part of it. Uh, earlier this week, we got to see, we got to kind of remember what God did for us on that cross. And it was no cakewalk. And today we get to celebrate, you know, as I said in my prayer, his resurrection. But sometimes it's hard to see past those trials in our lives. Sometimes we get focused on paying those bills. That's something that's kind of fresh in our economy nowadays. We're all worried about inflation and uh, what's going to run out at the supermarket next. Maybe our health is not doing uh, as good as we would hope for. Maybe God hasn't answered the prayer that we've been asking him for so long. But the Bible does give us hope in this sense that God tells us that all things work together for good to them that love him. And that all those things, I'm not quoting the Bible right now, so don't, uh, but all those things work together to make us more into the image of Christ. Now, I don't want to spend the whole message talking about suffering, but whatever you're facing, it's not a small thing. God has put those in our lives to stretch us, to grow us, maybe to make us more uncomfortable so that we will be more like him. And whatever he's specifically designed for us, it will make us better. I believe the only way to push through these trials is, first of all, to rely on God. And we also have to look for and at our blessed hope is Jesus. So this whole message today will be designed to look at what we get to look forward to, a message on heaven. If you're 
opened up to Revelation, tw uh, did I say 22? I meant 21. 21. I built this message where we will go from what I consider uh, least to greatest. Uh, I know when I'm eating my plate, sometimes I'll eat the vegetables first because I want to really uh, enjoy the steak that's just left on my plate. You know, eat the best thing last, and I think that's what we're going to do tonight. So we're going to start with the first aspect of heaven I'm going to talk about today, and that is the place of heaven. If we could read in Revelation 21, it says in verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, as a Christian, uh, when I was making the decision to ask Jesus Christ into my heart, uh, to be honest, I wasn't too focused on heaven. I was focused on the other place and not wanting to go there. And that's a uh, strong motivation to get saved, is it not? But uh, tonight, we get a look at the place, the, the reward God has built for us and designed for us for all of eternity, and it will make these sufferings that we go through in this life seem so distant and so small. So when we first look at the city, the city of heaven, we're going to look at its physical, the place of heaven, and the first aspect I want to talk about with that city is how big it is. The Bible says in Revelation 21, 16, that and the city lieth foursquare, and the length is as large as the breadth, and he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. Now, I know you were all expecting this, but I'm going to ask Blake, how long is 12,000 furlongs? He went to Bible college. You should know the answer. You're going to do this again to me when I'm, when I'm down there and you're preaching. I told him the answer earlier this week, but uh, <laughs> 1,500 miles. To give an uh, easier uh, picture of what that, that distance might be, that is from Oklahoma City, where we're at now, all the way to Boston. That's pretty far away. And the Bible says that the New Jerusalem, this city, is not only as wide as that, as tall as that, and that is the length of the city. So it's designed in a cube. It, I, if you can get one thing from that, there's going to be enough room. I can guarantee you that. The city is absolutely massive. Secondly, we can look at the walls of the city. Uh, the Bible says in uh, Revelation 21.12, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And if you go down a little bit further, it, uh, it says in 17 and 18, and he measured the wall thereof, an hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel, and the building of the wall uh, the building of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. See, heaven not only is just huge, it has a giant wall about it. I did the math again, 
and it is, uh, according to the Bible, 216 feet. That is a massive wall. I, I can't even jump over a five-foot fence. So uh, um, God has designed this well. It's made of jasper stone. Interestingly enough about jasper stone, the Bible refers to God in Revelation 4.3 as like jasper stone. And when I looked that up this week, it is like a, a reddish stone mineral, but uh, we'll get more into that later. There's also 12 gates inside that wall. The Bible says that there's three facing each direction, each with the name of the 12 tribes of Israel, each made of a solid pearl. I remember uh, one Christmas, I could not find my mom anything for Christmas because I, I guess I'm not a good son. And uh, we were able to find, I think they're called Tahitian pearls, right? I'm not, they're black pearls, I can just call them that. But black pearl earrings or a necklace, I can't remember what it was. But those, even those pearls, if you look at the real stuff online, that stuff is expensive. Jesus made 12 gigantic gates of solid pearls. Jesus did not, uh, was not frugal when he was building this, this heaven. And each of these gates, the Bible says specifically in Revelation uh, 21, 25, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. So these gates will never close. Again, um, let's talk about the foundation of this city. The foundation of the city is made of jewels. Um, we'll go through the list of them in uh, Revelation 21, uh, Revelation uh, 21, um, 19 and 20. And the foundation of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardon, the sixth sardis, the seventh chrysolite, and the eighth beryl, and the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophis, the eleventh, Jasonith, and the twelfth, and Amethyst. And if you thought I got them all right, thank you, because I, I didn't. But when I was looking up these stones, I usually want to get a good uh, visual representation of these stones. Uh, all of them had not just one certain color that they specifically are. Some of them were multicolored. And as I was researching, I discovered a source that said that all of these were considered anti-stoptic gems. Maybe I didn't pronounce that right. But does anyone know what an anti-stoptic gem is? I told you this, Blake. Do you remember? Oh, my. Uh, anti-stoptic gems, when under a certain type of light, they reflect many different colors. And uh, not to run another one of my points, but in heaven, we have the purest light there possibly is, right. Jesus Christ. So just talking about this place of heaven, we talked about how magnificent this city is. Uh, when I was in L.A., L.A. was a huge city. It's a big city. You could not walk from, uh, from the end of it to the other end of it. But L.A. is nothing in comparison to the city of heaven. Not in size, not in beauty, definitely not in beauty. 
but uh, not in beauty, not in uh, structure or planning. And Jesus has built this city, God has built this city specifically for us. Some of the amazing uh, amenities of heaven, we might call them, are the, the street of gold. Um, the most expensive thing I own is my car. And, uh, um, and we, call, we consider gold an expensive uh, currency. And Jesus is lining the streets of heaven with gold. So uh, that just blew my mind. I was talking to Blake. I talked to Blake a lot. You'll, you'll see that in this message. But uh, um, heaven will be a place where money, none of that, will, I don't believe, will be even considered um, because we'll be taken care of. And, uh, and God lines the streets of, with gold. Um, also, as I was saying, uh, the light source of heaven, uh, it will be Jesus Christ. There will never be night. Uh, the Bible says that there will be a tree of life that produces a fruit each different month. And that uh, there will be a river of life that comes out of the throne of God. And I know, I told you, I said, we're going to eat our vegetables first, and then we're going to get into the, the more delicious parts. But I could not imagine living in a, uh, what we would consider a mansion today. I'm talking about, I see some of these celebrities' houses. I see some of their, uh, their amenities. Um, and I think to myself, wow, they're living large. But anyone who has Jesus Christ in their heart, they get to live here. I know I might not have done injustice tonight talking about uh, the visual representation of heaven. But I can only tell you that it's better than what you can imagine and what I can. And that's just the place of heaven. Let's move into the perks of heaven. The Bible says that uh, when Jesus calls us up, that our body is going to be redeemed. Pastor said it uh, when he was going through his, uh, when he was bringing up that scripture, that this incorruptible, I mean this corruptible, I'm not incorruptible, I'll tell you that right now. This corruptible will put on incorruptible. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 2, that we will be like and I, I can't tell you, um, there's a lot of disease in this world, but health won't be a factor. There's a lot of limitation in this world, but that won't be a factor anymore because we won't have a corruptible body anymore. We will be like him. Another perk. We get to live for eternity. Um, throughout this year, I have attended more funerals than I ever have in my life. And uh, for a Christian, death is not a sad thing because we know that we can see our loved ones again. But when we get to heaven, the concept of death, it will be gone. Jesus Christ promises us eternal life throughout the Bible. Specifically, in Titus 1-2, the Bible says that God, who cannot lie, promises us eternal life. So another perk of, uh, of heaven, not only will we have an incorruptible body, but we will have eternal life. I know, Jacob, you're going through the obvious. How about this one? Here's another obvious one. We sing a song about it quite a bit. We will own our own mansion. 
We've sung the song, I've Got a Mansion. The Bible promises in John 14, verse 2, that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And there, there won't be any homelessness in heaven, I can tell you that. Jesus Christ has specifically designed eternity um, to just pour out his blessing upon us. And uh, even as I go out throughout this list, I can tell you that even though we don't deserve it, he still gives it to us, and he loves us. Another perk that I thought of is there's going to be peace in heaven. Um, one of the things that's through the news cycle, if you turn on the news for even five minutes, they're probably going to talk about the Ukrainian war. And there's not going to be any atrocity like that. We're going to have God there. And the Bible promises in Micah 4.4 that every man will sit under his own fig tree and no one shall make him afraid. There's going to be peace. The Bible says in Revelation 22.5, there will be no night. Uh, it's funny. Uh, um, a lot of children, when they grow up, they have a fear of the dark, um, a fear of what's in it. But the Bible says that there will be no night anymore, no darkness. We won't have to worry. I'm going to read one of my favorite verses from the Bible. Uh, Revelation 21, the Bible says in verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Jesus Christ is going to take all pain, all sorrow from us. And uh, I talked about that suffering a little bit earlier in my message that that thing that's promised to us if we're going to live godly. And in the Bible, it tells us that we can rest, that we're going to be able to not have to deal with any more of that pain, no more of that sorrow. Um, the last perk that I brought up uh, for this point is in Revelation 21, 27. And it says, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. There will be no more evil, no more sin, no more bad things. We won't have to worry about locking our doors. We won't have to worry about someone lying to us or stealing or murder. The Bible says, and I, I think this is an exciting point, that... Though we're sad that people, have, people will go to hell, we won't have to deal with any more wickedness. And that's something that God promises to us for throughout eternity. And that's something that I'm extremely looking forward to. Now, I told you I was saving the best for last. We've talked about the place of heaven. We've talked about some of the perks of heaven. But now we get to talk about the people of heaven. And I'll just have you guys turn to Revelation 5.11. Revelation 5.11. It says, And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. I didn't do the math for that one. I can tell you that right now. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of people. The Bible says in uh, Revelation 21, tw uh, 21, 24, I'm making you turn back, I'm sorry. 
it says, And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. So basically with this point, who's going to be in heaven? Those who put their faith in God. Whether in the Old Testament they looked forward to the cross and they had faith there, or after Jesus Christ's resurrection, they put their faith in him then. And who are these people that are going to be with us? Well, how about firstly, our heroes of the faith. A pastor just got through a series uh, about Elijah. I cannot think of a cooler guy in the Bible. When you talk about, when I talk about my hero of the faith, I think Elijah personally. Um, anyone who can uh, just call down fire from heaven is pretty cool in my book. Um, or run at the speed of a chariot. I would not be able to catch up or keep up. But uh, Elijah, how about Moses? Someone who was able to witness the Red Sea being divided. And just think, we're going to be able to talk with these people. Um, not that the Bible wants us to idolize them in any way, but I think they're pretty cool. I really do. And then we're going to be able to talk and hear their stories. And uh, I think it's going to be lively. I think about Noah, our theme for the years continue. That man continued for over 100 years building the ark. Talk about faithfulness right there. And maybe we'll be able to emulate him. We'll have the heroes of the faith in heaven. How about the people that we invested in and influenced to heaven? The people that we shared Christ to about. You know, the Bible promises about a marriage supper of the Lamb where Jesus will throw a giant party for those who trusted in him. That will be a wedding feast. And we will be able to spend eternity with the people that we helped lead to him. Who are some of those people? Maybe the people that we gave money to the missions. I think about missionaries a lot. We give money to the missions, and sometimes it just leaves our head. But God does stuff with that money. He really does. He works wonders. People across the world that we would never meet get to hear the gospel because of that. And we're going to be able to see those people that were impacted through our pocketbook in heaven and eternity. We'll get to see the people where we put a track on their car door. We, planted, well, we helped plant that seed, and God won't forget it. And I believe that uh, we'll be able to see the people that we gave the, we planted the seed, but we never really saw the end result. We'll get to see the people that we directly led and influenced to Christ, whether it be uh, someone knocking on your door who led you to Christ. Um, but we'll be able, or let, who you knock on your door, you lead to Christ. We'll be able to see the people specifically that we helped teach about Jesus and who got saved, and we'll be able to spend eternity with them. Uh, thirdly, we'll be able to be with dead loved ones who have trusted in Jesus Christ. I know that I have a grandmother and an uncle in heaven that I'm very dearly looking forward to seeing again. Um, and like I said, whenever the world goes to a funeral, it is not uh, in any way, shape, or form a hopeful experience. But as Christians, when we go to a funeral and we know that they've asked Jesus Christ into your heart, their heart, we know that it's not the end. We'll see them again, and, we'll, and it won't just be for a moment, but it will be for the rest of eternity. And that's something that we have that the world doesn't have. Um, lastly, the last person in heaven I want to talk about who we're going to be able to spend eternity with God is God. Sorry, I, I just made a misstep. 
Para. We'll be able to spend eternity with God. Think about it. God the Father who created the universe, created this place we're talking about right now, created all these perks, created all these people. God the Father who forgave us when he didn't have to. We'll be able to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, uh, the part of the Godhead who came down to earth, left the throne of heaven, went into a life that uh, he wasn't rich, he wasn't given the, uh, the glory he deserved on earth. He, they didn't praise him. He lived a sinless life for 33 years. And what did he get paid for for that? Death. But we get to spend eternity for the person who is willing to die for us. I, I don't know everyone in here's story. I don't know your entire life, but I know mine. And I know why that, I know why I believe that's such a great feat for someone who knows everything about me and who is still willing to die for me. And I really do treasure spending eternity with that person. And the last, the last person I want to mention doesn't usually get a lot of recognition, but uh, we'll get, be able to spend eternity with the Holy Spirit. And that's the person of the Godhead who is uh, always whispering in our ears. Always uh, telling us what to do, bringing remembrance to our head, the scriptures. And the Bible says that oftentimes we grieve the Holy Spirit. But we're going to be able to spend eternity with him who helps us and gives us strength throughout our entire lives after we've asked Jesus Christ into our heart. Now, how am I going to tie this in, this suffering to uh, this place of heaven? Well, I'll, I'll, I'd love to use an illustration. In 1952, young Florence Chadwick stepped into the waters of the Pacific Ocean off the Catalina Island, determined to swim to the shore of mainland California. I just remember one time, me and Chucky Jr., we went out swimming in Florida, in Pensacola, and I almost drowned. So she's, she's swimming in the open ocean. She must be a strong swimmer. She had already been the first woman to swim from the English Channel both ways. The weather was foggy and chilly, and she could hardly see the boats accompanying her. Still, she swam for 15 hours. When she begged to be taken out of the water along the way, her mother, in a boat alongside her, told her she was close and that she could make it. Finally, physically and emotionally exhausted, she stopped swimming and was pulled out. It wasn't until on the boat she discovered the shore was less than a half mile away. At a news conference the next day, she said, all I could see was the fog. I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. Now, I brought this story up to tell you that we can see the shore. God specifically put these chapters that I, and these verses that I mentioned in the Bible to help us pres persevere when we are emotionally and uh, physically exhausted. The Bible tells us that we never have to be spiritually exhausted because we have a well of water that never runs out. We have Jesus Christ. So let me just encourage you tonight that we are to be looking for that blessed hope, looking at that blessed hope, dwelling on that blessed hope. We have a place of heaven that is better than we could possibly imagine. We have perks that not even the best comic book writers could even think up the best perks that uh, God the Father specifically designed 
for us. And we have the people that we get to look forward to to spending the rest of eternity with, our lost loved ones, our heroes of the faith, the people we helped get there, and God who gave everything for us. So when we are struggling in life, let's just remember that it only gets better. Um, Pastor. Our theme ver or our memory verse for this month is Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us continue. Do I get credit for saying it? Okay, good. Well, thank you for the encouragement, and uh, heaven is going to be wonderful, and I, it kind of begs the question, are you for sure you're on your way to heaven? Do you know for certain that you have a relationship with God and that when you pass from this life into the next, that you'll be in the presence of God in heaven? Do you have that assurance? Um, if not, uh, come see myself. Come see Brother Jacob. Come see my wife, Miss Kaylin, um, one of the deacon's wives. Uh, we'd be glad to show you from the word of God how you can know for sure you have that, that promise that he talked about. And it's not just... Jacob's words, he just showed us what God has to say about heaven. And I'm looking forward to it. It is something we need to be thinking about because, look, I know this life gets a little difficult, but uh, it will be worth it all when we see Christ. Um, all the labor, all the effort, it'll be worth it. Um, so let's keep, let's keep serving the Lord. Let's, let's stay faithful. I don't want to re-preach your message, but, uh, but thank you for the reminder tonight on what heaven is going to be like. And uh, I'm grateful that I have that assurance that I'm going to be there. And it'll be sooner than we think. Now, again, I, I'm not saying that we all are looking to go tonight, uh, but our life is a vapor, James says. It appears for a little time and then phew, it vanisheth away. And so let's, uh, let's be prepared uh, for that time. And uh, well, thank you for that message. Let's have a word of prayer, and uh, let's see if there's anything else we have on the... We're going to sing uh, Family of God. Could we do that? Let's, uh, let's go ahead and prepare for that as we pray, um, and uh, thank the Lord for uh, this message. Father, we thank you for the reminder tonight uh, regarding what our future is as believers. And Lord, it's not that far into the distance. Lord, we're... Every, of course, every day we're getting closer and closer. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be prepared for that day. And if there's one here today that's not sure about heaven is their home, I pray, Lord, they would get that settled today. If there's a young one in here today who hasn't made that decision, I pray, Lord, they would decide to trust Christ as their Savior today. And Lord, thank you for these promises, Lord. This is amazing grace. Lord, mercy is that we don't have to go to hell, but your amazing grace is that we get to go to heaven. And, uh, we don't deserve it, but we're thankful for the promise, and we look forward to it, to seeing our love, loved ones who've gone before, but most of all, for thanking and praising you for allowing us to be there. Lord, in the meantime, help us to be found faithful. Help us to hold fast our profession. Help us, Lord, to continue and to be faithful pray these things in Christ's name.
Amen. Let's uh, let's.